0: atmosphere church podcast on behalf of all of us here at atmosphere thank you for downloading or streaming this service we pray that it will touch your heart and change your life in addition to bringing you today's service we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can if you need prayer or just someone to talk with please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church someone from our team will be sure to connect with you We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message.
1: Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about how God is greater. God is greater than anything that we will ever face. God is greater than any difficulty that will ever come in our life. God is greater than any circumstance that will ever surround our life. And it's important all the time to remember that, but especially when you're in difficult spaces like we've been in. So we've been using the song Waymaker to really clarify these four major attributes of God that in all honesty, when things are fine in our life, I call it living in the land of hunky doryville. It, it's like we, we don't think about this, but he is our way maker. He is our miracle worker. He is our promise keeper, and he is the light in the darkness. It's important for us to remind our souls that God is greater. See, most of the time, our version of God is so small that he can just fit in our pocket, like my Little friend here, I call him pocket Jesus. Now, maybe you've never admitted this, but many people live their faith out with pocket Jesus. And see, pocket Jesus is convenient when everything is going well for your life because then you just pull him out if you need a little good luck, you know, going into a job interview or whatever is going on in your life. But pocket Jesus doesn't work when real difficulty breaks loose in your life. And a lot of people are waking up to the reality that they need a God that is way bigger than their pocket. They need a God that is greater than all things. So let's abandon pocket Jesus, okay? And no, I'm not being blasphemous throwing Jesus, all right? That was a little toy, all right? Uh, but we, we wanna look at this idea today that God is light in the darkness, And this is so good to talk about on Easter, right? We're celebrating Resurrection Sunday. But the reality is that God is our light in the darkness, that Jesus himself said he's the light of the world, as we'll get to in a second. But if there's one word I could describe this season that we're living in right now is dark. Think about that for a second. Everything just seems to be really dark right now. Have you ever just like paused to think about what it would have been like at the first Easter? You know, obviously we have hindsight, right? Hindsight's always 20, 20. We're living after the resurrection. But but for a second here, put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. Just imagine how they were adjusting their life before the resurrection happened and after the crucifixion took place. See, The the crucifixion is called Good Friday, right? It's good for us, bad for Jesus, but it's Good Friday. And you have Resurrection Sunday. But between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday is what I call Dark Saturday. Think about the disciples for a second, how they spent that Saturday together. It had to be so overwhelming. Many of them left their careers, they left their families to follow Jesus They thought he was the promised Messiah that was going to overthrow Rome and return Israel to its prominence. And they were just really kind of trying to bid a seat on Jesus's cabinet. And so you can imagine the devastation and the discouragement and even the despair they felt that Saturday when All of their plans were undone and they were just waiting. Matter of fact, there's one scripture in the gospels that kind of tells us what these disciples were doing themselves. In Luke chapter 23, verse 56, it says, on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. That's all we know about what they did on that Saturday. But I know those disciples were guys just like us. They were people just like us. So they are in their own stay-at-home order by the command of God, honoring the Sabbath. And in that headspace, I'm imagining there was a lot of terror, there was a lot of fear of this outside thing that could come in and take them and kill them. Does it sound familiar? To be honest with you, I think we're all kind of living in a dark Saturday ourselves. That there's darkness prevalent in all of our lives, to one degree or another, and I started thinking about all the different kinds of darkness that are creeping into people's lives. There's an economic darkness that is taking over right now. Just, you know, millions of people lost their job like overnight, just gone. This—it's crazy to think about that. People's 401ks cut down, and now they're more like 201ks. I mean, all—all all of their money that they had for retirement has been taken away from them. And so people are going through this economic darkness. Then there's an emotional darkness. People that already, before this pandemic broke out, already struggling with anxiety and depression. Man, probably over the last three or four years, I I was telling you guys that we are going through an epidemic of people going through anxiety. It's like this whole pandemic has turned the amplifier up to 11 uh, as far as people feeling this anxiety and this depression over what they 're going through, and, and can I go back and just tell you guys again how important it is for you to stay connected with other people? because anxiety and depression really gets the worst of people when they isolate themselves. So I know we 're all supposed to socially distance ourselves, but we should never isolate ourselves that 's where you know a zoom uh, group could come in really handy for you to just see somebody else and and hear them talk to you and give you feedback and give you encouragement so even though we're separated we as a church we still want to be intentional to be connected with each other then you you have emotional darkness how about relationship darkness right now and you think like during a pandemic like we were all we will all be getting along and leaning into each other like you know never before but Uh, That may be true for relationships outside of our own home, but living under the same roof for for not just hours at a time, but days at a time and weeks at a time, it kind of starts getting the best of you. And you start maybe not treating your loved ones like you should be treating them, especially if you're married. I've filled with so many phone calls over the last several weeks of people, you know, marriages that are like, you know, 20, 30 years in the making that all of a sudden they're like, man, we don't know if we can make it In the season that we're in, it reminds me of a tweet that's kind of funny and kind of concerning at the same time. It says, it's been a blessing being home with the wife for three weeks now. We've caught up on everything I've done wrong for the last 15 years. (laughs) There's some truth in that. But maybe for you, it's a a relational darkness. And and it's not just your marriage. Maybe it's extended family. and, And then you've got physical darkness, millions of people have been impacted by this virus. And, and that just will blow your mind just thinking about that. But but there's also uh, this fear of of physical health issues because of this. Uh, maybe you coughed this week and, and you had a thought bubble pop in your mind like, I, I have the virus. I, I know I have it. I'm, you convince yourselves. Uh, and now you're having these psychosomatic things happen to you. It happens to a lot of people. And it's not just this virus. There's so many people I know right now that are being treated for different various forms of cancer. Uh, and, and so you can get just overwhelmed thinking uh, about uh, health issues. And, and here's the last one I wanna circle, and that's spiritual darkness. That, that really people are feeling a lack of relationship with God in this space because a lot of people they haven't really faced this fact, but they had kind of like a, a just a surfacy kind of faith and, and it really didn't have any substance. And so now that people are wanting to really lean in there, they're kind of feeling this need to get closer with God. You know, I told you guys a couple weeks ago that I I had somebody email me or send me pictures of these empty shelves at a Walmart where all the Bibles were bought. I mean, Bibles are selling out like toilet paper. And even online, Bible sales are up 160%. It's crazy. And then I found out this week that literally since March 11th, uh, the, um, the search for prayer and for God have risen to unprecedented levels. So think about, in this pandemic... People are literally searching for God. Now, the great news about Easter is this that even though the disciples couldn't see God working, God was working. He was getting ready to be resurrected. Matter of fact, I will say it this way God does his best work in the dark. Think about that for a second. He does his best work in the dark. And just because it's dark now doesn't mean it's gonna stay dark forever. God is working even when you can't see him working. Bob Goff is an author that I I love reading his books. He said it this way. He says, darkness fell, his friends scattered, all hopes seemed lost, but heaven just started counting to three. I love that quote. This message of Easter is that when Jesus steps into your life, darkness no longer gets the last last word for your life. It doesn't. John chapter one, verses four and five, it reads this. It says, in him was life and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Out of all the words that Jesus could use to describe who he was, his identity, his purpose. Check out what he says. This is interesting. John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them saying this, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. Throughout the Old Testament, we read scripture after scripture, where Israel's going through dark times and God would use the prophets of old to say, hey, there is a light that's coming to you that is gonna turn the darkness around. You just have to lean in and trust in God. And then Jesus shows up on scene. And in Matthew chapter four, it connects the dots from the Old Testament and the light that was promised to Israel to the New Testament, in Matthew chapter four, we, we read this quote from the book of Isaiah, this, this prophet of God named Isaiah. He said this in chapter nine, verse two, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. I, I think this verse is so powerful and probably even more powerful today than it was even three months ago because there is a darkness over our land. And let me tell you something, if nobody else has shared this with you, Jesus is your light solution. He is the one that is going to take you from your dark Saturday and move you in to a resurrection Sunday. Now, light gives us a lot of benefits. We know that from science and science has been Uh, kind of, you know, recording this for the last hundred years. And and there's all kinds of benefits from sunlight and and what the light produces. But I want to talk about God's heavenly light, the light that Jesus brings into our life. And I I could probably sit here for the next hour and give you all of the benefits of the light of Jesus living in your life and what it could do for you. But I want to give you the three that I believe are most relevant to the season that we're living in right now. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write these little points down and, and circle them back after we're done with our service. But here's the first point that we want to make. That is, his light brings life. His light brings life. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, this is how it reads. It says, he who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life. Remember, earlier in that scripture that I gave you, that he is the light of life. And that word in the Greek is zoe. It's not just a regular physical life. It's a life that is full of satisfaction and, and just oozing with just all kinds of amazing qualities. It's, it's a fully alive thing. And the Bible even says Zoe is an eternal life. There's something about this life that only God can bring us that goes beyond this world and, and actually extends all the way to heaven itself. This is the life that only Jesus can bring. And there's one thing that that really the season has taught me that we have put a lot of our life into other things. And now just like turning Uh, a light switch to on and off, like all of those things that a month ago or two months ago that meant everything to us have completely been taken away from us. Think about that. But any of those things that were taken away from you, none of those things really were producing life for you. A lot of times they keep you so busy and, and so I guess, uh, caught up in in whatever it is that you're doing that you don't really have time to think about, none of those things are really producing substance that is actually eternal in value, except Jesus. Everything else is still gonna leave you with this void and this emptiness. Uh, Our friends up at Brave Church uh, have a, a blessing uh, in their congregation. They have Derek Carr, the starting quarterback for the Oakland now Las Vegas Raiders, and he's preaching at Brave Church today, and they shared uh, his testimony with, you know, with us. and And I said, man, I would like to play a clip of Derek's testimony for our Atmosphere Church family so that they can really hear. Uh, just his story of how Jesus made him fully alive. So go ahead and watch his testimony.
2: I wanna share with you, I, I know a, little, a couple things about some comebacks, right? Whether it's in football, right? Uh, with the Raiders or, or obviously the greatest comeback of all with Jesus, right? Or the comebacks that we just learned from, right? But I wanna share a little bit, short testimony that I have. You see, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, everything was perfect for me. I had both my parents, who loved each other, had uh, two brothers uh, that loved me enough to beat, beat up on me and make me tough uh, and, and, and treat me a certain way, right? To strengthen me, give me some tough skin, right? Help me out with football and things like that. And I grew up in the church, man. I told you guys about my legacy and my family. And I got away from it. I started smoking weed. I started partying. I started sleeping around doing all this crazy stuff, right? I began to do all these things, right? Because that was what the world was offering me. And all of a sudden, my flesh was like, I want to do that, I want to see what that's about. I want to try that. I want to see what that's about. I can't have my friends laughing at me because I'm not doing those things, so why don't I go do those things? And so I did those things. And then I met this woman who was a friend at the time, and she wrote me this letter, and in this letter it says, you're not the person I thought you were. You know, see, there's a lot of years and a lot of story in between this, but we don't have the time. Maybe some other time. But in that letter, I'll never forget, I always joke with her that it was about 20 pages. She says it was three. But, uh, you know, when girls get on a tangent, they can get to going telling you how bad you are. But, uh, you know, uh, that that woman who loved me enough to tell me I'm not the person I, that that she thought I was and was and, and loved God enough to say, I don't want to be married to that, and walked away. You see, we weren't even dating or anything like that. We were just friends. She was pretty much dragging me to church, which is crazy to think about now. But that that moment right there, changed my life forever. I laid on my face and I said, dear God, I have this emptiness inside me that I didn't think was there until right now. Uh, Maybe some of you are feeling that too. You see, I, I sat there and I was living my life. I was loving life. But all of a sudden I was hit with this wave of emotion that said, dang, I'm empty. I'm missing something. And I knew exactly what I was missing. I laid right on my face. I said, Jesus, I give you my life. You can have it. I will obey you 100%. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. From this moment on, I'm on fire for you. I'm sold out for you and I won't deter another way. I've lived one way and now I'm deciding to live another because I am empty and I need some fulfillment. I need joy again. I need a real type of love. Not a perverse kind of love that I was seeking out, but I need a real love that when everyone else is against me, I still have hope in me. I still have joy in me. I still have peace in me. And that's what he's given me.
1: Wow. I, I just love Derek Carr's hearts, um, even though I can't say I'm a Raiders fan anymore because it's all about the Rams, all right? So I, I will just say the Raiders are still my favorite AFC team, OK? But we have a new favorite football team at the Cruz home, and uh, it's the Rams. We are Rams nation. Uh, we are, I like to say, we are a ramily. (laughs) Okay, that's a dad joke. Here's the second thing that I want to circle up, that his light brings restoration. That the light of God in your life produces a restoration that actually helps cleanse you and purge the things in your life that are really holding you back from moving into your resurrection Sunday. See, You know, light has a way of exposing dark things. But I love God's light. God's light isn't just there to expose the wrongs in our life. God's light is in our life to help us get the wrongs out so that we can make room for all those things that are right. God is more like a UV light. And I was made familiar with the UV light because I saw in Shark Tank, they had this thing called a phone soap and it's this little box that you can put your iPad or your iPhone in, and you put it in this thing, and you shut the door, and these UV lights, uh, what it does is it completely... Uh, degermifies all of your, uh, your electronics or really anything that you can stick in that box. And you leave it in there for like 20 minutes and 99% of all the germs get erased under the UV light. I, you know, I, I've been trying to stick everything in there lately. I, I was even saying, can, can we like climb in that box? And then I remembered, oh, that's what tanning beds are. So if you have a tanning bed, I don't know, you got to get away it now saying all the germs would be you know done, but then I get cancer. I don't know. Uh, but, but just think about this for a second. God wants to bring restoration into your life. And he does that by first revealing the things in our life that are actually harmful and hurtful for our lives. And so once he exposes those things, then what he does is he gives you the power in order to turn away from those things and start living a different kind of way. I love this scripture in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God is faithful and reliable. If we confess our sins, he forgives them, and check this out, and cleanses us from everything that we've done wrong as i think about our life and and i think about the ways that that i myself have been guilty of, of of really sinning and and really doing wrong and there's shame that comes with that uh there is destruction that comes with that and and i've told you guys this before but i wasn't raised in like a, a Christian home per se like we went to church uh, on Christmas and Easter I called us priesters and but that was it. I mean I, I didn't see anybody reading the Bible in my home growing up or, or praying or whatever but I, I know my my family had great value systems but but I found myself getting involved in things that were very destructive for my life at a very early age. Uh, I think I was exposed to pornography at, at the age of 11. Um, I started smoking pot in seventh grade. If my dad is listening, I think I've told you before, but uh, sorry, I'm I'm just uh, laying that on you (laughs) because my dad's watching from his home right now. But I've done a lot of shenanigans. But let me tell you, when Jesus came in my life, every wrong that I've ever done, every, every bit of shame that I've ever felt, he completely purged that and cleansed me why? So that he can move me forward into what he has in store for my life. So you can't move forward if you're stuck in your past. There, there has to be this purging, this cleansing that takes place within you to move you forward. Your potential is far greater than you could ever imagine when God fully has your life. So if you want to step in to an amazing future, it starts with accepting the light of Jesus and letting him restore you and allow you to become that man of God, that woman of God that he desires you to be. And and here's the third power that that really the light of God brings into our life, and that is his light brings security. I'm probably like you. When when I was little, I didn't like the dark. Uh, I I always liked to have a a little light in my room, and I always got freaked out when it got really dark in the room. I I had this window that wasn't covered with a curtain. And every time that the lights went out, when I was, I still remember this vividly, I could see this like little figure, this little tiger man like coming in and out of my room. And it would freak me out as a little boy. And darkness does that. It kind of plays with your mind a little bit, and we can get really afraid in the dark, and we can get really freaked out in the dark. And what what Jesus does, just like that nightlight in a little boy or little girl's room, Jesus really brings that calm, and he brings that peace, and he starts erasing the fear and erasing the anxiety that comes with all of this uncertainty, he's security. You think about it. Why why does Jesus bring us security? Because what the resurrection does is it cancels out the most horrible thing that could ever possibly happen to our lives and that's death. We cover a, a daily Bible reading plan and this last week ironically we read 1 Corinthians 15 and the whole chapter is about the resurrection, the importance of the res- resurrection for our faith. Paul who writes the 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 whole book of Corinthians, he's saying this, he's saying, hey, without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. The resurrection is the epicenter of our faith. Why? Because it cancels out death. Death died because Jesus rose. And so because we have this amazing resurrection, we don't have to fear death right now. And if you start thinking about all of the fear, all of the worry that happens in our life, it, it all really is about thought bubbles that say, what if? What if I get sick? What if I, I lose all my income? What if, uh, you know, um, I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't get out of this situation? And, and all these what if things happen, what if my marriage doesn't work? And I'm sure you've probably had a bunch of what if bubbles. But if you start breaking down and start chasing like the worst case scenario of whatever what if bubble that comes into your life, what you're gonna find is that it's always gonna lead to the very final big item ticket, and that is death. Like, as you just follow your thought bubble process of what if you get to your death. And now what, what God tells us and what he declares to us through the resurrection is death no longer has any power over our life. It doesn't have any sting over our life. That Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus has given us 100% clear victory over the worst possible thing that could ever happen to us. So my friend, I'm here to tell you, you need to tell that that what-if bubble, so what. Turn that what-if into a big so what. Because when the light of Jesus comes into your soul, you have security. Because your death day becomes your graduation day. I'm telling you, a dark Saturday is only dark for people that don't have the light of Jesus. Everybody that follows Jesus is promised a resurrection Sunday for their future. Let let me give you a scripture as we're kind of ending our time together. John chapter 12, verse 46. I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the darkness. That is so good. You know, I've been telling you guys that, that the book of Psalms, um, we covered it this summer as a church family, but man, it's been really moving me so much in, in this season that we're in because there's so much hope in Psalms. But I want to read you one Psalm that I believe really goes with this message that that God really is our light in the darkness. Psalm 18 verse 28. It says, you Lord keep my lamp burning and my God turns my darkness into light. That's what God does when he comes into your life. He takes you from a dark Saturday and changes it into a resurrection Sunday. And some of you, you've never invited Christ to come live in your heart. You've never surrendered your life to God to say, God, I want your will to be done in my life. My friend, if you want to experience the light of God, then you must say yes. To Jesus. He came to this world. He died for your sins, and he resurrected from the grave so that he could come and he could live inside of you and make you right with God. The benefit for you is when you die, you graduate. But it doesn't just stop there. When you say yes to Jesus, heaven enters into your life. It's not a matter of you just waiting to get to heaven. Heaven comes to you the moment you say yes to him. And so I wanna pray with any of you that are watching this service right now. You've never said yes to God. You've never said yes to Jesus to surrender your life to him. And maybe even you've been playing games with God. Maybe you were that kid at youth group that you said yes at summer camp. But you know, as you evaluate your life, especially in the season that you're in, you're like, man, I, I, I haven't really taken my faith seriously. Man, I I had a pocket-sized version of God. And I know now God is waking me up. I've been asleep in the light, as that old Keith Green song said. You got to listen to that song later too. That's a powerful song. But I've been asleep in the light too long. Some of you, you need to come back to God. You need to fully surrender to God. I've been running from you and I need to make an about face and I need to fully release my life to you once and for all. So whether you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time or you're rededicating your life to God after maybe a season of just not being real serious with your faith, I wanna pray with you right now. And maybe you're in your home by yourself or maybe you're with your family. Would you just, would you just close your eyes? Would you just agree with me in prayer right now? Father, for everyone that is watching the service, for everyone that right now your Holy Spirit is touching, maybe they're far from you and maybe this pandemic has exposed just how far they are from you. God, hear their heart cry today that they want you in their life, that they're tired of living with this empty, kind of living. And they want to experience that Zoe. They want to experience that restoration. They want to experience that security. And if that's you, I want you to just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I love you. I give you my heart today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit as I fully surrender my life to you. Let heaven completely loose inside of me and help me to become the man of God or the woman of God that you've always designed me to be. I belong to you today, God. Let your light fill my life and take me from a dark Saturday and move me into your resurrection Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're rededicating your life to God, I want you to just take a moment and text us and let us know that you said yes. And you could text that number on the screen, that 805-807-9444. And we wanna partner with you in this decision that you're making today. And I'm telling you right now from experience of following Jesus for the last 30 plus years of my life, that is the best decision you will ever make. And let me tell you, on that note, next week we start a brand new series called Follow Me. And we're excited about this series because a lot of us have never really taken it seriously to follow Jesus. And that was his directives to his disciples. You want to experience God? You want to experience heaven? Then do this. Follow me. So we're gonna learn what it means to follow Jesus beginning next week. So hopefully you'll tune back in, but I, I just I just feel like we need to worship with that song. He is our way maker. He is our miracle worker. He is our promise keeper, and he's our light in the darkness. And you know what? His name is Jesus.
0: Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you, and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.